Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 427 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. I'm joined, as always, by you. Thank you guys for listening. To my left, we have the wrestling nomad, Dana Roy Lobdell Jr. To my right, David Dillon Duncan Bray. Hey. And today, well, a couple of things. It's signing day. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. So people that said they were going places now get to go places. Got to get to go places officially and uh, put 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 their name on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we'll have any major signing day shakeups or changes or whatever, but uh, our man Nomad here is all over it already. We're yep. already looking. We already have huge breaking news. Garrett Ninehouse <laughs> is wearing a really fantastic. Um, suit. Maybe we could get that to Caleb and he could pull it up at some point because it is really fantastic. And if you thought the mullet was nice, wait till you see uh, this kid's uh, this kid's get up. He's going to Purdue. Mm-hmm. Nine House committed to Purdue has the the P and the what are they black and gold? I guess their colors. The Correct. checkerboard. Oh, it's confirmation. Just phenomenal. Yeah, looks looking really good. Um, 80% of the all FRO questions are Anthony Echemendia related, mm-hmm. and um. I understand why. I understand why. However, I'm not very helpful here because I don't exactly know. I mean, you could guess. I, I think the Iowa State thing, ship has sailed. I think it's Ohio State and, and, and uh, Iowa probably, but I don't really know that. So, And I don't know if he, he'll make his decision today, if it'll be this week or when it'll be. His his situation is so completely different. I don't, I don't know what sort of rules because he's a technically a class of 2019 guy and this is the class of 2020 that's signing right now so i don't know if signing day even necessarily has pertinence to someone like echemendia uh but all the same he's uh doing the recruiting thing and being uh being courted so i don't know the only thing that i can equate it to is if they said this year was a gray shirt and similar to what aaron brooks did when he had a formal gray shirt where he went to the OPTC, he just signs on signing day as though he were a regular 2020 kid. I that w- like, I don't know that I'd be super surprised if he does or if he doesn't. But he, man, he loves the spotlight, doesn't he? Seems like it, yeah. So I mean, that that makes me wonder if like he's put some kind of pressure on this day, and if he wouldn't be excited to just be part of all the momentum that's happening today. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So. 
and, and the thing with him that may be different from Brooks, and I know we're just trying to find something to equate it to, but he would be eligible. He could wrestle right like, right, is, right now. It is a, a different situation. It's just I don't I don't have a lot of history to draw from with situations like yeah, this. Yeah, there's not a lot of people. I mean, he's all here on asylum. I mean, it's like yeah. just a really different situation like we haven't seen uh, before. So, we'll um we'll see. Wait and see on that one. To me, he's the, that's the biggest storyline of the recruiting saga, right? Like, where is this guy going to wind up? Where is he going to be? Because by all accounts, he is a game changer, not just a good high school wrestler, just someone that can that is hanging with senior-level guys and beating some of them. So uh, excited for that. We'll keep you posted. I don't know if there's any other major signing day uh, news. And uh, breaking from David Bray pulls up Etchemendia's Twitter. He says, tomorrow is the day. And that was nine hours ago. Which was yesterday. So <laughs> do a little quick math. Today is now the day. And it is officially today. That cannot be discounted. So maybe we'll get some news from uh, Anthony Echemendia. Mm-hmm. We'll just, uh, you know what? You just refresh. I'm just hit refresh. Every, every 45 seconds, I think, okay. would be appropriate. Okay. Uh, I got the, the signing day hub up, so we'll keep that um, somewhere hanging in the banners on the front page. And, of course, we'll uh, probably send it out on social media a, a little bit. But... Just basically stay tuned to your favorite college team social media because now is the day that they can begin talking about guys and hopefully we maybe uh, discuss kind of some of the bigger name guys and, and bigger programs and, and who they got coming in at some point today to, to give you guys a little more information about signing day. Very good. Okay, now you two are New York bound tomorrow. Right. Headed for the, the bright lights in the big city. And also you'll head to West Point for the Black Knight Invitational, but first Bill Farrell, and which means it's one of our favorite things to discuss is seeding, guessing seeds, talking about hypothetical matchups, what would happen when. So Nomad did his best. That's all we could ever ask out of any of us. Mm-hmm. And he's got these Farrell seeds in there, and we're gonna start at fifty-seven. You're exasperated already. It's just hard. It's just hard. The there's no, there is criteria. They spit something out into a computer and put them up on the board and that's kind of they have like a base but how it works at senior level tournaments is every coach is represented so nittany lion njrtc oklahoma rtc all these rtcs will be there and one coach from every team goes and they put them up on the board and they go all right what does everybody think about that and cp raises his hand and go that guy should be number five and bray raises his hand and go that guy should be number three yeah. mm-hmm. and then they vote on it so I tried to do a little bit of, you know, with respect to the results from the 2019 U.S. Open and World Team Trials, which is, of course, hard because guys are coming up and down weight. And then I did a little common sense. So tell me what you guys think. Speaking of, um, oh, wow, breaking. Here's the uh, the nine house picture. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Look at that. I mean, that's if that's not a winner, I don't know what is. It looks like nine house went to the tailor and said... I need a suit. I'm signing for Purdue, and it's got to match the mullet. And the tailor hit it out of the park. He said, "Say no more." <laughs> the tailor. I got you, bud. Got it from here. So if you're not watching, if you're just listening in your car or something, this is this an odd time in the podcast for you. But there mm-hmm. is a video component, and uh, it paid. This is probably one of the first times it ever paid off watching us talk to each other in the video form. So there you go. All right, back to the seating, and let's start with it. Let's not waste any time. 
57 kilograms. This is insane. And right now I'm looking at it, and the Wrestling Nomad has Darian Cruz as the one seed. I do. And you think that is into that stands out? Yet at the same time, the guy was on the national team mm-hmm. at this weight. He beat uh, guys that are in this list. So why would he not be? Yes. So the the theoretical way I did this in my head was number one: respect to Darian Cruz being on the national team. He wrestled this past year and was one of the top three guys, fifty-seven kilos. All number two. And this gets a little wonky. Last time he wrestled Nation Garrett at 57 kilos, mm, he beat him. That's a fact. And uh, Seth Gross didn't wrestle last year. He was behind Nation, and Suriano has won. Nation also didn't wrestle last year. Nation also did not wrestle last year. So uh, you gotta you gotta respect the guy for going out and doing the damn thing. I think he's a deserving one seed by by process. It's just interesting that in our minds, I don't think anyone is gonna pick Darian probably to win this, right? So here's the top five. One, Darian Cruz. Two, Nashawn Garrett. Three, Seth Gross. Four, Nick Suriano. Five, Nathan Tomasello. And I'll say six is uh, Zane Richards. So with that, you, and remember, these are not official. These are Nomad's guesses. And he's pretty good at them. He's pretty good at this historically. So what we're looking at. Thank you, Christian. Huh? Thank you, Christian. You're so welcome, man. Um, so what we're looking at here is a potential Suriano Tomasello quarter. Now this is interesting because these two were in the same weight class, Nick's sophomore season, but Tomasello didn't go to the duel at Rutgers, and then Suriano did, defaulted out to Big Tens when he had his uh, knee injury. Yep. And then they didn't. They were on opposite sides of the bracket. So Soriano made the finals, and NATO lost to Spencer in the semis. And so they never hit, even though they were in the same weight, same conference, and their teams dueled each other. They never wrestled each other. So that hypothetical matchup, I think, I think of the guys for Soriano. I think NATO is one of the tougher matchups if if he's optimized. I really think Soriano matches up great against Cruz. I think we've seen that. I think even Gross and Nation. I think the toughest guy. For Soriano, and this could be way wrong, but I think it's NATO. I think NATO, because I think they're both going to want to wrestle a, a really tight match, a couple, like a one to two takedown type of bout, whereas I think Gross is going to want to mix it up, and I don't think that'll work. I think Nishan um, is going to struggle with Soriano's positioning, and then we've seen, seen Cruz. I think NATO is the one guy that can make this super, super close. Now, maybe I'm overrating Soriano. That'll all be found out, but uh, I don't think that I am. The injuries with Tomasello yeah, cannot be like we cannot look those over. And obviously, we want NATO to be fully healthy, but this guy he didn't even wrestle with trial. He qualified for the trials. He already got got it done. You know, made it to the semis at the U.S. Open. But when uh, we have no idea how good how healthy this guy is, and he couldn't finish Midlands, right? He he I think wrestled one match at Midlands. That was another time we could have maybe seen. Um, I think it was Suriano and Tomasello, right? Was Suriano in Midlands this year? It was. Am I thinking last year? Yeah, it was two years ago. Rutgers didn't go last year. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it was Gross. In any case, yeah. the the injuries with yeah, Tomasello are very concerning to me. Yeah, no question. Um, we would have seen Suri- uh, Nato versus DeSanto, I think. Yes, yes. Getting myself confused. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that – for the health dynamic, you know, we've seen 
Uh, we've, we've seen him struggle, but, you know, he just I, – I like that he made the decision from the open on. He, he was hurt at the open, not right, and he maybe could have sucked it up and figured it out. And he said, you know what, I'm just going to focus completely on getting right for the 2020 run, getting down to 57 and doing everything I can to to be optimized for that. And I feel like enough time has passed. I don't think he required surgery or anything like that based on his injury. Uh, so you you have to assume health. And I don't – I don't know. I know he struggled with injury, but at the same time I feel like – I don't feel like he's entered that category of like – his body's just breaking down after yeah. so much wrestling. Well, I think that's the the intrigue around Tomasello is because he has had all these injuries, but he doesn't seem like a, you know, like a damaged athlete. Yeah. Uh, like we just have known for so many years that he's right here with these guys, but we haven't seen it. And so um, I, it just feels like there's a ton of intrigue around Tomasello. And I, I think probably the safest bet is, uh, I mean, if you were like a, you know, a, an actuary or you're trying to give him a, you know, insurance policy or something, you're like, I'm betting against NATO, but like the, this sort of fan intrigue is really, I think compelling. He could be, I mean, if he's on finally, where is he? Right. We don't get a lot of actuary live. talk. Yeah. Yeah. Actuary radio live. Oh man. I got it for you. So yeah. how do we feel about the seeds? Um, in terms of accuracy or in yeah, terms, <clears throat> I think it's probably right. I mean, it's, it's tough because what well, you're two and three, um, you know, we haven't seen it this way. Nashawn didn't wrestle last year. Seth Gross, how much did we see of him last year? None. Right. So your two and three didn't wrestle. Number four didn't really wrestle. He wrestled an exhibition against Joe Colon. Tomasello. I mean, a lot of these guys didn't even do the trials. Two, three, four, five did not do the trials. Yeah, yes. that's I, that's a good point. If If they really wanted to, they could drop Suriano a long way down this list. Um, I hope they don't, but that could happen. Or they could do the, the cute thing where it's like, oh, he's the whatever. Give him a really high seed, I and mean, he just so happens to hit, like, the two seed yeah. in the second round. Yeah. So if you wanted to do it – so I have him as the four now. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to do it the cute way, you make him the 13. That would be adorable. Because then, then, <laughs> then, the, then it's the same thing, right? make a Hallmark card out of that. Yeah. That would be, be, that'd be a touching moment. Um, no, I think I think it's probably <laughs> – I think it's good. I think it makes sense. I think I think it simultaneously rewards what has actually happened and reality. I, th- I think you want it to have somewhat of that component. Like, okay, these guys should be about like this. Now, I th- could Corey Clark be a little low? Because was he, did he not wrestle for a national team spot at sixty one? No. Him and Tony hit, but I guess that was just the. Yeah, I guess not. Okay. That <clears throat> that is another thing too is rewarding guys who had similar results at different weights. Mm-hmm. I yeah. basically threw my hands up with that. I, I think you treat it like they did it at 57 in a way. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only way to do it. Because you don't want to be – it's disingenuous if you're like, well, it doesn't really count. It was at 61. So Clark at the trials, by first round – no, by first round, lost to Ramos, didn't wrestle back. Oh, he just called it. He packed it up, packed it in. Hmm. Got to go and get the next best thing. Okay, maybe he was hurt. All right, so, yeah, all right, well, what, what does that even mean? Okay, so I mean, this, this honestly, so. Let's get into the, why don't we get into, uh, like, what we think is going to happen? Well, just real quick, Sanders Miller, Clamara didn't qualify for the trials at 57. So, if you wanted to bump Corey Clark up to eight, I'm fine with it. Yeah, at least he was a trials qualifier. I think that, that needs to mean something. 
Sure. Okay. How is this? <clears throat> we we can't assume anything other than all right. Let's just say let's just go with these seeds. Yeah. How do we see it playing out? Because the the first I guess you start with a quarter with um, let's say NATO and Nick Suriano. Um, I, I think it's a it's a chess match. One to two takedowns between the two of them, and I think Suriano gets it. I see. I don't know why. I was, this was a. About 9 p.m. last night, I started seeing visions of Nick Suriano opening up hmm. and getting two, three, four takedowns. Mm-hmm. And I think he's <clears> – <throat> I think with him not focusing on folk style as much, I'm wondering if we're going to see a little bit different where he opens up a bit more, knowing that there's an out-of-bounds, uh, that he can get points there, and maybe shoots a little more freely uh, knowing that guys can't use that as a safe haven – and I think he opens it up a little bit on Tomasello. And, again, I don't know where Tomasello's health is, so I'm making this, like, 7-1. Whoa. Really? Yeah. That's hmm. To me, that's four loco. It, yeah, that does seem crazy. It is. It is. That is that is not a lot of respect on Tomasello's name. That's – yeah. But I, I, for whatever reason, I think we're going to see a more opened-up Soriano this weekend. It feels like, I, to me, a lot of the action in this match could very well happen in uh, in the zone, right, close to the edge of the mat. Um, but these guys fighting for position, and it seems like that. I I don't see it the the three takedown match, you know, for Suriano that you see. But um, but what I what I think I do see is a position battle that moves to the edge, and and that creates the action, right? That line kind of creates the action, and so um, I I mean I I feel like it's gonna be somebody's gonna get the first push out, and then and then from there the other guys incentivize the score, and then hopefully we see a little bit more action. But um, I I would have a hard time seeing more than more than one takedown for either guy. Yeah, so I, th- I think if it gets to the edge, I think that means things are going according to Suriano's plan. Yeah. That's my thought. Okay, the other semi, these guys score basically more than most NFL teams when they wrestle. Nishan, Seth Gross. Man, I, I feel like I don't, don't want to overreact to folk-style wins, but <laughs> here we go. I just didn't like exactly what I saw from Seth, knowing what he's going to have to do to get down to 57. Knowing that Nashawn Garrett, while 57 is not going to be uh, a walk in the park for him, he was a 125-pounder for a while. He's mm-hmm. been a 57-kilo guy before. I, I like that he's at Cornell training with Yanni every day, under that staff, working with those guys. I think that's just a good situation for Nashawn. And all that being said, even – when they were at 61, Nishan had the upper hand with, with Seth Gross at that time, right? At that so, time, yeah. So if this was at 61, you would be wise to pick Nishan, in my opinion. Now they're down at 57. Well, who's best um, suited to be optimized at 57 or close to it? I think that's Nishan Garrett as well. So I think it's I think it's Nishan over Gross in the semi. And now looking at this weight is so deep, it could be a Nishan Pirelli – um, uh, that would be a quarter and a gross Zane Richards quarter. Yeah. Those are those are two really really salty guys that can make things interesting. No idea if that's how it'll actually play out, but um, the the bottom line is they're gonna have someone good in their quarterfinal match as well. And also with Pirelli, look, this was the guy Nashon replaced Pirelli in terms of Pirelli graduated and then mm-hmm. Nashon. So there is always. 
that big brother potential big brother aspect. Man. Now, when does that go away? It's gone. You think? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think so. I don't. I, I just can't. I just can't. I can't wrap my mind around that. I I um. Trying to remember. Looking at those potential quarters, I will be circling if it happens a Zane Richards Seth Gross match. Um, not necessarily because Richards is like better than Seth Gross, but because if we have any questions about how Seth Gross is going to look at this weight, we're going to find out in a match with a guy like Zane Richards, yeah. who, who, who comes, you know, hundred miles an hour and, uh, you know, who, who's going to attack like crazy. So if, if gross is not like, you know, reacting as quickly as he normally does, if he's not getting to his positions, you know, in his leg defense, I think we're going to know against, against Richards. Uh, so that, that's a match that like, to me is like learned a ton. So Pirelli smoked Nishan in 2017. Nomad pulled it up. Wow. So <clears throat> it was Bill Farrell quarterfinal. It was at, at 57. 57 kilos. However, it was February of 2017. So tw- 30 months ago? More than that? So many months. Yes. But it happened. I stand by it, but okay, maybe. I don't know. But is that Big Brother? Is that? Right. It's Big Brother. Is it Wake Cut? Who knows what it is? Is it Father Son? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know. Okay, and then to your point about Nishan being optimized, he was going to go down 57 this year, so he has started this descent before, probably Seth Gross did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, man. Real quick, what goes into the decision to throw the thumbs inside the inside the? Thumb? I just have. How do you know when weird, it's time? I just have weird. Um, Hold them up. Let the people see. Yeah. Yeah. I just have weird ticks, so sometimes they're but- in, sometimes they're out. Okay. It's not really. It should not be a shocker to anyone. No, not a shocker. Just uh, I figured you'd have a more interesting explanation than that. No. Just a, just a nomadism. Okay. Darian Cruz is the one. He'll get the winner of Suriano Nato potentially, and the not an upset upset. I think the winner of Suriano Nato beats Darian Cruz. I think that's happened historically as well. And man, can you imagine if Nato and Cruz wrestle here? Those guys have been wrestling since Super 32 in 2010. Yeah. Man. Well, a lot of these guys, you know, they wrestled all through up the circuit, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And if they stay the same size and they're elite, a lot of these guys are good young and they, you know, they stay on the level, some of them. So. Especially down here at 57. Like, we'll get into matches later, matchups later on where guys are hitting for the first time. But, mm-hmm. yeah, down here at these lower weights, like, they've seen each other. Yes, indeed. Okay. And... Just a note, depending on how seeds go, Darian, although he did make the national team this year, he lost to Zane Richards on the backside of the U.S. Open. Oh. And then Zane, <clears throat> and then Zane lost to Jack Mueller and Cruz beat Mueller at World Team Trials. So that could be that could be a monkey wrench in it, and that could also present just a, maybe a potential matchup problem for Darian. Speaking of Mueller, go. any other 57s you – Think could throw their hat in the, ring, in the ring here, 57. I don't think we're gonna see Spencer. <clears throat> I don't no. think we're gonna see Mueller and Dayton. Nico, Dayton and Gilman are obviously registered. Nico is is one I'm kind of surprised. Is are we talking Trigus or Megalutus? <laughs> why not? Why not both? Why not both? I was talking Megalutus, but let's get Nico Trigus in here. Let's get him involved. I mean, look, you, uh, I have said it before. You know my opinion. You should maximize all your opportunities to try to qualify for the Olympic trials, even, especially with Dave Schultz canceled this year. However, I bet Nico's just focusing in on the Open. 
and just yeah. preparing for that. Hoping for the open. Okay. So um, those are the, like the big three that could, off the top of my head, but aren't. I don't think. All right. I think I've said already. I think Soriano wins this. I think we're looking at a Soriano Nishan final if they're opposite. I think that's very intriguing. I think Nick wins, and um, I'm curious to hear your predictions as well. Deep sigh. Okay. Also, this is weighed heavily on him. Yeah. Spay is saying Mueller will be there this weekend. Wow. Spay, Andrew Spay, who super, you guys didn't even know, but Spay's been sitting here the whole time. <laughs> oh, surprise! Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. No, that was a typo I just sent to Dan. I didn't know. Uh, I was trying to say definitely not going to see Mueller. Well, he literally typed definitely seeing Mueller. Yeah, I left out a, three letters and a space. What a saboteur the- to get on the show. <laughs> he literally just said definitely seeing Mueller. We're like, oh, okay, so we're going to definitely see Mueller. And then and- Dan said this weekend, I said correct, and I said wait, no. Okay. <laughs> but Dan had already spoken up. Sorry. I wow. apologize, folks, for derailing the segment. We'll see I, Mueller at CKLV and the uh, uh, Olympic Team Trials Qualifier Nationals in December. All Tremendous. right, our UVA correspondent, Andrew Spencer's back. That's I got the intel, baby. Last week, <laughs> last week I said gross. After watching that Derek Spann match, I feel much less comfortable about it. Mm-hmm. I also, because Nation is already qualified – I am wondering if he makes the finals if he even wrestles just because he doesn't have to. Dude, so, that would be I know. I know. Don't even don't even suggest that. So with that in mind, and because I'm not sure where that's some, NATO's that's health jiu-jitsu is close out close out stuff. Nonsense. Yeah. I'm gonna go Nikki New Brunswick, soon to be Nikki New York. I just that guy only enters tournaments if he Feels or knows very, very strongly that he's going to win. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Suriano does not enter tournaments on a whim. That guy is locked in, focused. What's the last tournament he entered that he didn't win? NCAAs in 2018? Well, he didn't win Big Tens last year. Oh, I guess so. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm talking a mindset. Obviously, he does lose. Rarely. Wait, he won Big Tens last year? Am I crazy? You were there. I don't. So I don't actually remember. Well, a lot of people weren't there that know he won big. T- he beat. Uh, Did he beat Stevon? Because he beat DeSanto. Yep. And no, Stevon didn't beat Pletcher in the final. Oh yeah, Stevon was. Yeah, yeah, yeah so he yeah. did win big tens. Yeah. yeah. So it's been since that NCAA's. NCAA's. Yeah. When he lost to Spencer Lee, who mm-hmm. is an alien. So, it is not uh, sexy or contrarian, but I'm going with Nick Seriano. Yeah. Man, you guys are yeah, you guys are talking me into it, but. Part of me hopes that he doesn't win, so we see him <laughs> at more, the open. Just selfishly, you want to see more Nick I want to see wrestle? More, yeah. Yes, I want to see him at the open. I want to see him wrestle Spencer Lee. And um, and so the only way for that to happen is for me to predict that it happens. Okay. I think it's the only way. Uh, no, I I really I really think Suriano is going to win this. But I, I would not be that surprised if NATO knocks him off Man. In, in, that, in that quarter and then uh, – and then if NATO's all the way on, if he wins. But I, I think Soriano's probably the pick. Do you I think the winner of that quarter is the favorite? I think so. I think the winner of that quarter um, has has a, has a good shot against Cruz, just style matchup-wise. And then I think seeing um, seeing Gross not not look great, uh, we could you know I, I wouldn't be surprised to see either either one of those guys, NATO or Soriano, win this. Okie doke. 
65 kilograms. We got Molinero, J.O., Ness, Heil, Henderson, McKenna, Meredith, Hall, Whitford, and then, uh, you know, we have Kalazic, a bunch of guys in the mix. So a lot of guys, but really, I'm looking at two, yep. right? This looks like Molinero and J.O., they look like the guys to me. And, uh, you know, Frank on two-hour weigh-ins is going to be interesting again. It's going to be interesting every time, I feel like, right? Same with J.O. Um, same with many of these guys, actually. Jason Ness is, is pretty dang big now. But I think as we look at these, and, and we took a lot of time at 57. I don't think we have to necessarily do that here. But anyone that you see here that could disrupt the J.O. Molinero final? Just Jason Ness because he's a pinner. That's yeah. that's it. He, he is the one that can – when you're looking for a guy who can upset, you're looking for a guy who can cause havoc and – Ness has historically had that pinning ability in his back pocket, so I would probably say him. Has he had it as well in in freestyle as he, he did? He has not. Oh, so what are you talking about? You oh, yeah, said, yeah, you I, said got dark it, I got it. Oh, I got it. But but your point was he pins people, and then I asked, does he pin people? And you basically he, said no. He pinned somebody last year at U.S. Open. Hold, hold okay. pull it up, David Bray. Go ahead. I think I think um, Joey McKenna is interesting at this yeah. weight. Uh, I I think. When we saw him on the junior level, like really fully, you know, kind of focused on freestyle, he was junior world silver and um, looked good, right? Uh, I so I don't know, but he's had such mixed results since since you know wrestling senior level that it's it's really hard to say, right? There are times when he looks when McKenna looks like he's ready to be on this level, but um, you know he still has like he can't can't get over like Dean Heil, right? I mean, yeah. so. Um, so, but I mean, if, if it plays out the, according to these seeds, McKenna and Heil will be on opposite sides and it shouldn't be an issue, but I could see McKenna in a quarter beating Jason Ness, that three seed. And then, uh, if he, you know, if he can, I, I think he can make it close with Oliver potentially. I just think Oliver has too many, too many weapons yeah. in that matchup. Dean Heil really has been a thorn in Joey McKenna's side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jason Ness. I, Here we okay. Go. I could not remember it. He got four pins this year at the U S open, including oh one God. over Frank Molinero. So we. Joey Laser, BJ Fittrell, Kanan Store, Frank Molinaro all got nest. Wow. At the open. That's insane. Okay. How do you pin Molinaro? Probably a probably crate, probably cradle. Half. Yeah, half. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, maybe maybe dang Jason Ness. Maybe it's a three man race here. Um, ben Whitford's looked pretty good. I'm always excited to watch that guy wrestle, but I just don't see him enduring a Oh, high flyer. High flyer. Look, was oh. it you sure it wasn't Dylan? Was it Dylan wearing a, a Jason? People forget that uh Jason had more than twice as many pins as Dylan in college. Yeah. I yeah, that's that's it. That is it's, really surprising. Dylan's that. were just more iconic. Yeah. Yes. Like he just did was some, on his back before he Yeah, he normally <laughs> pinned himself prior to pinning his opponent. It was a uh interesting. Okay, I'm taking I'm taking JO here. I think he's the guy to beat. I think when he's at his best, he's been better slightly than Molinero. Molinero has beaten him, but um, I think I think it's probably J.O. here. 100% recency bias for me. I was watching the videos that Bader shot of him in, when when uh, Mark was down in North Carolina and just seeing him work with Kenny Monday and knowing that he – his relationship with with Kenny and Coleman is a little different because of Oklahoma State and you know Jordan's big on the uh, 
the family and, and trust part of his training. So I think uh, right now I'm taking him, even though Molnero beat him last time, and even though uh, of the two times that J.O. has beat Molnero, they've both been criteria, including one in the Bill Farrell semis in 2015. But I'm going J.O. Molinero is Mr. Criteria. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He wins. He gets the big moves. And Not against J.O., though. No. I, you know – yeah, Jordan Oliver, man, he is he has had now like in this last quad exposure to a lot of very different kinds of high level coaching, and you know I think I, I guess maybe the one sort of style of of coach that he hasn't had yet until now is is the Kenny Monday kind of version, right? And um, and so I, yeah, I mean I, I do wonder if we'll see him approach matches a little bit differently. He's always had super explosive you know stuff he's always you know he's always had like insane quickness and um you know his, his ability to score in the blink of an eye big moves but you know will he approach matches differently i don't know i think the thing about molinero that that we know from the 2016 olympic trials or that that whole kind of olympic run that he had was that molinero is willing to completely change his life to accomplish a goal right mm -hmm. and to, to make this weight class and to do it successfully especially with two hour weigh-in he's gonna have to do that again and so um i i take like a lot of confidence knowing that he has done that and a lot of guys i think want to do that or believe they can he has and so i i don't know that he necessarily wins here in this matchup with oliver but i i think he is going to be increasingly improving from now until the Olympic trials. And uh, it wouldn't shock me if he wins here. Heil as the four could see a Oklahoma RTC oh, yeah, I wonder semi. If they, I wonder if they change that. <clears throat> I don't I think actually... you should. I don't think you should change the seeds of a thing because you train with someone. I That to me. Do they do that, Nomad? Well, I did it. I can tell you I did it at 74 Whoa. with that in mind. I don't think that's a seeding criteria. I mean, we're talking about making qualifying for the Olympic trials. I understand that the coaches will 100% bring that up. The, yeah. they, the coaches will fight to have guys in the same room, opposite sides of the bracket. Yeah. And unless it is completely egregious, they'll do it. They will probably go along with it. I mean, and I should, did not, yeah. for whatever reason, notice that until just now, even though I noticed it at 74. You should make that argument if you're a coach, but if you're on the seating committee, I don't, you know. I guess I guess if the seating committee are the other coaches, then they're like, "We'll help you here if you help me in another way or whatever." The the thing with sixty five is it is a lot more clear than fifty seven because all these guys wrestled at that weight. At yeah, and Frank beat Jo. Uh, Ness did. You know, Ness was the next one of the trials, and Heil was the next one of the trials. Is there so anyone? So it's kind of it's kind of clear cut. Is there? Who's going up from 61 to 65? It's a really small list. Everyone's going down, it seems. Which shocked me. I thought all I thought all these 61s were going to be way too big. But uh they Earl, might be. Or Earl Hall, Ben Whitford, Dardanes maybe. Yeah. So those are your Looks like everybody else was at 65. Right. And then Kaladze. Lezak. Hey, we didn't say Oh yeah, Lezak. Lezak. Oh boy. That's that's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. Also cool to see uh, Josh Saunders throw his hat in the ring. Obviously, I don't think anybody expects him to win, but senior level aspirations. Yeah, there, it doesn't affect anything with you know still making the junior team. So and he's at the he's at the OPTC with with the uh, EAP. So makes sense. Let's go. 
Let's go. And let's go to 74. Wait. Let's make our picks real quick. I got J.O. Yeah. I do too. Right. Over Molinero. I think Molinero makes the finals. Same, same, same. All right, 74. Holy cow. Imar, Nolf, Makai Lewis, Logan Massa, Tommy Gant, Vincenzo Joseph, Chance Marsteller. That's your top seven there. Um, There's a lot of names in here beyond that. Lavallee, Lamont, Kolchitsky, Nett, Dylan Ness, Tyler Berger, Brandon Sorensen. That's a lot of dudes. We should do like a by-the-numbers All-Americans and NCAA champions in this dang field because for all the weights, it's insane. Well, didn't you retweet something yesterday that a guy said every five, weight? At least five. NCAA champs? Yeah. And yeah, I think it might be titles. I don't know if it's five individual champs, NCAA yeah. champs. but um, 57 has six titles. That's the only one just because I've been kind of tracking it. I'm Arnolf, Mackay, Chenzo. There's four. Um, there's a lot of finalists in here, but yeah. not a lot of champs. But but there's a lot of titles. What scrubs? Dude. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of finalists, yeah. Um, so talk to me about the seeding process here. Do you think it's pretty cut and dry? I'm Arnolf 1 and 2. Yeah, I'm Arnolf 1 and 2 is basically I, – I don't know how you can argue it any other way. Those were – Imar was number 2 on the ladder. Nolf was number 3 on the ladder. Um so that is, I don't, I just, I don't see any way you can get past that. After that, I employed some common sense, and again, you had some guys coming down from '79, and then some conflicting results from the Open and the Trials, which obviously the Trials matter more because it was second. So I put Makai three as the common sense thing, just because he won Junior Worlds. Yes. Would you Would you put David Carr three? Hmm. Well, here's the thing. Also, Makai beat Makai beat Valamont at where were they in Dexon? Intercontinental Cup. So he at least has He's an Intercontinental champion. He he wow. he won some matches in Intercontinental Cup, so he has senior level experience they can point yeah. to, whereas Carr doesn't Carr does not and also Carr did not do very well at Dave Schultz last year. Got it. Fair. So fair point, but Yeah. That, so that's the difference. Logan Massa at the four. You feel good about that? He he had a pretty deep run at the trials last year. Yeah, he was behind. He was he made the finals of the challenge tournament. Yes. Opposite Nolf. So he was fourth on the ladder. Who did he beat? Oh, he beat. Who did he beat to make that? He beat uh, Tommy Gant. Gant. Who Tommy Gant was in the finals of, of the Open. Of the Open against Imar. Mm-hmm. That's one of those conflicting results I'm talking about, which obviously. So Massa Gant, then Chinzo is kind of just a common sense throw in there because we haven't seen him in freestyle in a while. Yes, and again, I originally had him. What's Nolf too? I originally had him seven, seven. behind Marsteller, but if they argue it the other way. How about these quarters, man? <laughs> Nolf Marsteller. Love it. Chinzo Makai Lewis. Love it. That's insane. Those are insane quarterfinals. The 4 5 is actually not that juicy. It's Massa Gant, comparatively speaking. Yeah. Right? Man, I I am really curious if a few mo- more months training and growing into this weight or lifting into this weight or whatever or uh, – make a big difference in terms of what we see out of Jason Nolf. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, he made the made the trials finals against Imar after 
having wrestled at 70 kilos a few weeks earlier, right? Um, so I don't know. I just like his style doesn't immediately make sense as one that translates to freestyle, but but knowing who that guy is and knowing his pursuit of these kinds of goals, like I man, I don't know. I'm I'm super interested to see what he looks like. Um, yeah. Also remember. He hurt his ankle to some degree at the trials, yeah. right? Against Massa, I'm pretty sure. That is true. And so you take, I mean, Imar basically sort of beat him in three matches, right? Like yeah. the Hail Mary thing at the end of match yeah. two. But then on, so you say, okay, well, yeah, clearly at that point in time, Imar was, is pretty significantly better. And then Imar goes on and takes a match from Jordan Burroughs. But then you're like, well... How we don't know how hurt he was and how much that impacted his performance against Imar. We don't know. Mm-hmm. It could have been been no factor. I remember watching and thinking, I was like, "Well, he looks all right." And then people were hitting me up and like, "No, you can clearly tell it's it's messing with him." I'm like, "Okay, very very possible." So I don't know. He lo- he looked like stronger when he was wrestling than he did when he was like trying to walk. <laughs> like yeah, he's like limping around. Like mm-hmm. I, so I yeah, I think it clearly affected him. I just I have never for the whole time that Jason Nolf was just ripping through college I never foresaw him being a guy uh, competitive in terms of making a world team on the senior level whether that's a style thing whether that's an athleticism thing whether it's just me completely underrating Jason Nolf's wrestling intelligence but I just I don't I can't envision him beating Isaiah this weekend. Yeah, I'm or not, for that matter, Makai Lewis. I'm not ready to go there either with him. And I, I do actually think in a couple of years' time he's going to be the guy or one of the guys. I just don't think it's it's quite yet for for Nolf. We'll see. The guy's a three time champ and um, as good <clears> as he's on par with some of the greats, right? But I think there's. I think what I saw was he was not able to get to legs consistently, and I think that's always a, a red flag to me. A- against the best guys, of course, against others, he, he's able to, but it wasn't coming as easy as it did as a 57-pounder, right, in yeah. wrestling NCAA, and I think that's concerning. But I think one of the factors is, is can he make – if he can get uh, really well-sized here and can start making his pace a thing, because I I don't think there's anyone in this field that can wrestle the pace that he can, right? But you've got to make it to make it about that is really hard, I think. Well, there's there's a little bit of David Taylor in that, right? Where once David Taylor got full sized eighty six mm-hmm. and got his sea legs under him, he just ripped through people, and no one wanted to wrestle that hard for that long at that size. Including Yazdan Sharadi, who breaks everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's the exact thing, that's the exact path Nolf needs to follow. Obviously within his own style, but like that same idea of getting full-sized and using your pace. Yeah. Okay, so we're not ready to go there, but we are looking at a Nolf Mackay semi. Please. Oh my gosh. Please. I mean, well, <laughs> if in this in these seeds, Makai would have to get through Vincenzo Joseph first. Oh yeah, he's got to do that again. That'd be a quarter, yeah. and then and then you know, and then winner of that gets an off. Like, man, this bracket is crazy. It's nuts. So, 
Man, okay, let's go back. Let's go. Makai, Makai Chenzo. Who are we thinking? I I love that Makai is, uh, you know, full time focused on freestyle. Going over to Dagestan, you know, I said that a couple weeks ago was a really big thing for me. And I just think that kid is a horse. Now, getting up on one leg is a little less effective in freestyle when there's pushouts. However, I still. I don't know how anyone gets more than a takedown this week against him. And I think to beat him, you have to score at least, mm, we'll call it four or five points. I don't think anybody's going to do it. Mm. Okay. You don't think anybody's going to do it? No. I. You think Makai's going to win? Yes. Wow. So he's going to go Chinzo North Imar, Makai Lewis. Yes. Your Bill Farrell champion. Yes. Man. You gotta be feeling great about that if you're a Hokie fan. <laughs> I could. <laughs> it's not fun picking against all three of those guys in a row. You loved consecutively. it consecutively. You loved it. Hey, no, one, I'm not mad about it. But upside. Full, okay, so here's the thing. You're looking at upside. Makai's is the highest. If you're looking at what we've seen historically over the past few years with with these college guys come in and make make adjustments year over year, where. Dayton and Gable and all these guys went from losing to these guys to now beating them mm-hmm. because they're just their minds work different and and when they have that full focus and uh, you know <laughs> I know that Virginia Tech is gangbusters right now in this season and fully focused but they are also putting a lot of time and effort into Makai and they have an Olympian on staff so not that some of these other guys don't but. Give me Makai's upside. Give me his strength. Give me his inability to be taken down. I think I think I take Makai over Vincenzo. I take Makai over Jason Nolf, but I, I can't take him over Imar. I just don't think he's quite there yet. I think I think Imar has developed his freestyle game to a level that that he is now truly world class. Um, where, you know, before I think he was he, I think he was kind of like, you know, what we're talking about with Makai right now. He was ton of upside, you know, total beast, uh, but he hadn't tailored his style to freestyle just yet. Um, I know Makai has had nothing but success in freestyle, but I, I just I don't think he is on the senior level like where Imar is right now. So I, I think Imar ends up winning this bracket. Who who has the better element of surprise? <laughs> is it Imar for Makai or Makai? Because yeah, Imar, you're going to feel something. When you wrestle Imar, you're going to feel stuff he's probably never really felt before, right? Mm-hmm. He's just going to – that guy just brings a different level of power and speed and direction change and, and so many things that I – that's going to be different. He's It's going to be one of the times where Makai, I think, is just outclassed from – in so many ways, not just from a wrestling sense, but a physical sense, a lot of these guys, right? And he's implemented it perfectly into his wrestling. But I think that's also true for Imar. And I just can't <laughs> stop saying, Imar beat Jordan Burroughs in a match mm-hmm. this year. Like, do you really think Makai would be able to do that at this point? Do you think Makai would, in a best two out of three, would, would take one? No, but I will use Jordan Burroughs' own words here, which it might have been in the talk with you where he said, it is always dangerous to watch film of guy A against guy B and try sure. to project how they're going to wrestle against me. Sure. I know I agree with that completely. Mm-hmm. But just I don't know. And and I'm not saying that I could see Makai experiencing wrestling Imar and then getting him at Olympic trials. I could see something like yes. that happening potentially. Yes. 
But I just don't like the th- full arc. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think yet. I think he's got to be satisfied just beating Chenzo and Nolf this weekend, perhaps. <laughs> um, I, you know, talk about like a guy, if a guy is experienced or not. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of times when people say that they mean, oh, he's wrestled a lot more matches like quantity. But I think that that Imar has a couple of specific experiences now that are kind of a leg up for him over um, over Makai. And the big one is having now in consecutive years wrestled Jordan Burroughs. Mm. And, you know, I heard an interview that uh, the Rudest did with Imar after his loss to Burroughs at the trials. And I kind of expected him to like sound like defeated or like frustrated or whatever. But you could tell he was just processing the things that he had learned like from that experience. You could tell he was really focused on like, all right, this is what happened in that crazy match. Like I was as ready as I could be. I gave him everything I could. I had adjusted these things and had grown and I still like didn't get it done. And now I'm learning from that. Right. I'm taking that and, and I'm, and I'm building from that. And I just don't think so far Makai has like that sort of quality of experience yet. And, and I think that could be the difference. here. How about the, the disparity in the sides here, the Imar side, mm-hmm. Massagant, um, love, Valamont Lavalle is one side. The other side, Nolf, Mackay, Chinzo, Chance Marsteller. That's that's not right, no man. What you did there. So who knows if that's what it'll be? But so, so that's another one where Chance made the Open Finals at seventy nine, which was unquestionably not as deep as seventy four. Didn't wrestle in the trials. No one's questioning that. What do you do there? What do you do? And then. Uh, Credential wise from this year, that's kind of where it, it falls off a little bit, right? Because Valamont lost in the, I think, Conti semis of trials and then on down the line. Um, to the point about Isaiah and being mentally calloused or whatever you want to call it, what you were getting at there, one of the flashpoints for me with Isaiah was seeing him 2016 Bill Farrell. So that was when it was non Olympic weight uh, trials. Yeah. And he wrestled Jimmy Kennedy. Well, first of all, there's two things. There was one, which was the day before uh, when he made weight, and he sat in the basement of the NYAC for like two hours with no headphones in, just hood up, just thinking or wallowing or whatever. And I, first of all, I remember thinking he's never going to make 157 pounds again. Yeah. He's going to go up. Um, but number two, seeing him against Jimmy Kennedy and for the first time looking like, man, I cannot just rely on my strength. Yep. I cannot just be this freak athlete because that, that was right after he ran through NCAAs. And so to that point, yes, there is a lot of mental callus and reps. And, you know, I don't know if it's the relationship with Hunter or Poeta or Medlin that is helping him get there. But there is something different about Isaiah Martinez that that we didn't see. And and I just talked about Makai being and, and all the college guys making that big jump. And I know this will make you mad, but sometimes those guys need that time after college to be able to focus on freestyle. And I think Imar was one of those guys. Yeah, I'm so mad now. I mean, just tactically, like, think about the matches he lost at U23 Worlds that were, like, kind of decision, you know, mistake losses, mm-hmm. right? Like, got out of position because he's not been in the position yet. So I, I think the experience is, yeah, it's mental callous, but I, more than that, I think it's tactics. I think it's feeling the positions, and, and I think, yeah, I think he's, he's good there now. So we have Imar, you have Makai. Which means, of course, one of the Penn State guys will win it. Could that is probably what <laughs> Casey Cunningham is. Just, just could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I guess to 
close out 74, are we underrating the Penn State guys? We haven't seen Chenzo do freestyle since 2016 I, junior trials. I don't think we're underrating them, but we're we're waiting on them. You know, mm-hmm. like they haven't that they they haven't done the things that you know, the Imar and Makai have done. Sure. Thinking that thinking about just knowing that Kale and staff have seen Makai. I don't know. So part of me wonders if it could look a little different. You know, Chinzo lost his most of his matches to Imar, but he he lost more than he won. That's correct. But the, what's the narrative? It's like, well, he figured it out when he needed to beat him, right? Well, is this when he needs? To is this when this you one? need to beat him? Yeah, right. Well, that's when you need to beat him to qualify. Sure. Right, and qualifying, you know, won't be easy at this weight. And I mean, Chinzo will have a lot of options because he's going to. Uh, he could win NCAs. He could go to Dallas. He could do the last chance, but be nice to do it now right um and the thing with chenzo inside trip is even more valuable in freestyle yeah and getting that four you know we talked about with molinaro right having having a four in your back pocket and possibly coming down to criteria huge mm-hmm. yeah i have a hard time seeing him hitting a trip on makai i hear you i mean uh, i'm always an underhook guy right and and so it made sense but i don't know we'll see he th- i mean Obviously, both those guys could beat Makai, right? I mean, it was an upset however many months ago in March when he beat Shenzo. Sure. So, I don't think any of us. I mean, he lost He lost. A, he lost matches. He lost to Isaiah White and Connor Flynn yeah. last year. So, If these seeds hold, low-key quarter I'm excited about, Chance Marshall or Jason Nolf, that would be – Oh, man. That would be awesome. Yeah. Super fired up for that. So, I'm saying Imar over Makai, but the reason we're so excited about this way is because there's so many amazing guys here like Nolf and Chenzo and – and Marsteller and Mass again. Yep. So, going to be a great one. I want to kick this into overdrive because we got plans. We're gonna, your spay is here to be yelled at by you. Well, no man. Well, that's fine. It's it's going to be less yelling and more uh, discussion. But I oh, think wow. the, I think Stern the, talking the last the last three weights are ones we can zip through. We can zip. IMO. Uh, so, Ringer Brooks, Martin, Nate Jackson, Brett Farr, T.J. Dudley, Drew Foster. Abinator. Okay, that's the that's the top eight there from the wrestling nomad. And to me, you know, I'm, I have a hard time picturing anyone even being within a takedown of Ringer yep. in this tournament. I don't care what weight he is or was. I know what he's going to look like at 86 approximately, and I think it's going to be pretty scary. Yep. He, I cannot wait to see him at 86 though. Like that, like just to see him What's against a like? new set yeah. of guys mm-hmm. um, that just haven't felt him yet and I, I have a feeling he'll look a lot like what he's always looked like which is really good really dominant but mm-hmm. and very strong despite being new to the weight but I just I just want to see it yeah especially if he ends up with a guy like Miles Martin in the finals um I mean <sighs> those are those are guys that's like, the one I want yeah those are guys that like feel like they their Venn diagram shouldn't overlap right but here they are in the same bracket yep uh Two notes. Uh, one, this way, 165. I forgot to mention. 65, Jaden Ironman is registered, but I don't think we see him. 86, Willie Nicholas is registered. Uh, we're not going to see him. He's getting his ankle cleaned up. Why won't we see Ironman? Uh, just based on conversations he's had with Bader. Got it. Makes sense. So, yeah, I- I'm with you. Uh, even coming up in weight, I-, I don't really see Ringer having a lot of trouble. Uh, Miles Martin, of course. You look at upside has the most, but Sammy Brooks has had his number, and then Martin being a little removed from the loss at NCAAs and some losses at, at the Open, is he going to be a, a different guy? I think he's maybe the one person that can potentially challenge Ringer, but got to get through that guy, Sammy Brooks. 
Sandra number. Yeah. And then just a great, like, low-key, super nerd uh, quarterfinal that I think a lot of people should watch is Miles Martin and Tim Dudley. I think that will be fireworks. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, anyone picking anyone to not named Alex Daringer? I am uh, not. All right. And Ringer we trust. 97 kilograms. Kyle Snyder's going. Nittany Lion Wrestling Club debut. Kyvan Gadsden, Ty Walls. Beasley Mock. I, I'm curious to hear about that. I must have missed that result. I'm, I'm assuming that's a head-to-head win for Beasley over Machiavello. Zilmer Lefevre, Derek White. Yeah, so <laughs> Cowboy Bulk Job dropping still uh, gets me going. The the Beasley Mock thing is because Mock was down at 92. Oh, okay. And I, it was and here's the thing, it's also four five. So oh, yeah. I was like, eh. yeah. Okay. I mean it's it's Snyder over Gadsden, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right, there's 97. Snyder over Gatson. And now we go to heavyweights. And there will be no true second, folks. Wow. Snyder's already qualified, Look so whoever makes finals opposite him will be there. Sorry. Wow. Okay. Hate true second. What about true fourth? Yeah, we have a true fourth? <laughs> no true fourth. Okay. Man, what's All the right. point? Wow. 125. We think maybe Gable. Coach Agum said Gable was going in an interview some weeks ago. But he's not registered, and the other Minnesota guys are. Therefore, Nomad is woke on no Gable. However, if he does go, he will be the one seed because he was in Final X. If he does not go, here's who we got, Christian. Dom Bradley, Yusuf Hamida, Anthony Kassar, David Tate Orndorf, Garrett Ryan, Nick Nevels, A.J. Nevels, back-to-back Nevels. And then uh, that's that's it, really. So, you know... We'll just we'll do a quick bit. If Gable is there, that would make a Gable Kassar semi, mm-hmm. which we're we're all we're all here for that. And then the winner is getting Dom Bradley, in my opinion. Even though Hamida, I'm pretty sure, has given Dom a gave Dom a match at a they at the very least they got they collided with a table. <laughs> if nothing else, there was a table collision. I'm pretty sure. In I almost match. died. Um, I don't know if that's the one where you almost died. Um, Hamida Bradley. Hamida Bradley was when you almost died. Yes, man. They were coming so. right. It sounded like a car crash because all of the <laughs> wooden paddles like clinked on the ground and it sounded like metal or something. The mic really picked that up well. The I, mic it, was yeah, that was I, there for all of it. I li- I must listen to that like twenty five times. <laughs> it really did sound like a car crash. Uh, although it was a car crash, Dom beat Yusuf ten zero. Quarterfinals of World Team Trials. What about? Didn't they hit? They hit again. I thought. No. Oh yes, they did hit again. I'm sorry. It was Don beat him twice at World Team Trials. Five five the second time. Five five second time. See, I do remember yes, seeing sometimes. So that was kind of close, but I think we favored Dom, and he did win both times. So, ma'am, obviously it'd be great if Gable entered. Yeah. To watch him there. And I don't think his situation should have any bearing on his ability to compete, but who knows? It, it could be something completely unrelated to that. Yeah. I you know, I I would be probably most excited about a potential Gable Kassar matchup at this weight. But Gable and Don Bradley, those dudes oh my. are not buddies. Not and friends. I I yeah, I, I could watch those guys go at it again. Gable you. does not make many friends on the mat. That's a good point. He has yeah, a he, he has a, he has a way about him. He's got a little bit I of feel a, like him and Kassar are the only ones that are like it's like kinda cool. 
Like it's a little, little more of it's a respect, more mutual thing. respect, and I don't know. Yeah. So, if Gable's there, I think if Gable's there, he's obvious one seed being in Final X last year, and I think he is the favorite just in terms of what we see from uh, what we've seen out of him historically in freestyle, and then you know you look at the matches with Kassar, the mat wrestling in terms of riding time, and and you know being a little smarter on the mat is is what really was the difference in those two matches. And then in freestyle, uh, first of all, push-outs are a thing, and I think Gable's gonna get is able to get a couple push-outs. Yeah. And he has a very good gut wrench, and whether or not he's able to turn Kassar, just that mental, that extra 15% of stress of I have to work on bottom and I have to fight mm-hmm. um, is, I think, uh, a game-changer there. So if Gable's entered, I think he's the one seed, I think he's the favorite. If not, I think Kassar athletically is going to be able to beat Hamida and Bradley. I agree. Yeah, I do too. I'm looking for a glimmer of hope that Gable will register, and and this is the the, the slight bit of hope that I have. Um, Tony Nelson also has not registered uh, for this. Oh yeah, for this tournament. Yeah, he's so, not qualified for trials. Um, so I I mean I don't know. Maybe maybe they maybe the go for heavyweights are on their own. Uh, they're on their own schedule. Yeah, I don't know. That's my hope. But yeah, I don't know. All right. Um. So that's that. Now let's uh let's turn our attention to. Um, Nomad and Spay for Yell at Spay Corner. Yeah, <laughs> this will not be Yell at Spay Corner, but Spay, I do want uh, I do want you to talk about the thought process behind 133, mm. which probably was the most difficult one to rank. Either 133, 157, we're going to get to 57, but let's start with 33. Just yeah, 84, no picnic either. Uh, a lot of talented guys. It's early, so you don't have a ton of data on this year, uh, so it's tough about how much you wait. You know, last year's NCAs in the season versus what just happened now. Some guys, I mean, if you look back at the beginning of last year, you'll see some results that don't really jive with how things end up, ended up, and that's pretty normal and expected. 33 was interesting because the Journeyman Collegiate Classic uh, just completely blew up everything below uh, number uh, 10, basically. Um, and then there was, what was the event where at number 10, Noah Gonzer lost to Mario Guillen. That was the duel. That was just a duel meet, yeah. Um, and Gonzer, that's one of those things. He had a lot of cushion, a lot of slack. I mean, this is one of those things. Like, how far do you drop guys? Well, he's earned himself, you know, the benefit of the doubt of Mulligan. Guys who are later in their careers, juniors and seniors, they have a little bit more of that. Um, Mario Guillen, we were all, you, both of you and I talked about this. We like his talent. We like his, uh, his ceiling. He just hasn't shown it um, enough yet. But, you know, he's a guy now that he only moved up to 19, but – in the future, if he gets more quality wins, he's going to shoot up. He's going to jump some guys that haven't been doing as much. And likewise with Gonzer, if he doesn't maintain his past performance, he is going to uh, start falling down the ranks. Now, back to the Collegiate Classic, you had uh, what I like to call a ranker's delight. It's just such a fun thing when you see this interesting round-robin type of circular wins. Uh, you had uh, Nick Farrow, who I'm interested to see at 133. He tried to make 125 last year for Lehigh. Didn't really work out now he's he's committed to 133 he's going to be there all year Patel's going to be the mountain hawk guy down at 125 he beats uh dj fellman who's yep. uh, a lock haven guy he made round of 16 had some good wins and then he beats sammy alvarez a Rutgers uh freshman so those are pretty good but then he lo- loses to josh kramer and uh anthony madrigal kramer of uh arizona state and madrigal of oklahoma both solid guys all right so that's a mixed bag for pharaoh 
uh, beat Alvarez. But Alvarez wins the Hammer Award. That means he's the best guy at 133, according to the round robin and the criteria. And Collegiate Classic is one of the few round robins. So everybody sees each other. There's no, well, he didn't see him on the front side or only one of the best. So everybody wrestles a round robin. Alvarez beat, also beat Fellman. He beat Kramer. He beat Madrigal, but lost to Farrow. So Farrow over Alvarez, Alvarez over Kramer and Madrigal. And guess what? Kramer what? and Madrigal, they both beat Farrow. Wow. So what do you do with that? I went with the guy that won the Hammer Award, the guy that, you know, uh, according to the results, did the best at there. I went Alvarez and then Kramer, Magical, Farrow down the list. DJ Feldman, rough outing. He loses four times, uh, but he's still quality. Even though he is a true freshman with the least body of work and lost to a Division II wrestler, albeit a Division II national champ, possibly multiple-time national champ, who also lost this weekend at the Collegiate Classic, making that loss look even worse. Yes, you still went with the true freshman at 11. I respect the hammer. I respect <laughs> the journeyman hammer award. That's the second hammer award. He won in, uh, It's because you had to see Frank Pop, and you had to look You had to look Frank Pop, and yes, I got to respect Fra- the hammer. Frank Papalizio ran a great tournament. I love uh, the round robin. I respect the round robin is what it comes down to. All respect to the round robin. I like red robin. I like white. I like bottomless baskets of fries and red robin. I like my tournaments to be round robins as well. Wow. All right. So, so yes, and and Alvarez is on a very probably the shortest leash, the the, the least amount of slack of anybody at any weight class. He Slam- steps out of line. That's is- right. Of the line. Yeah. He's getting yanked. Slam slamming Sammy Alvarez. But you know, I think for now, I'm that's the only way I can make sense out of it. And say Will Lewan has the shortest leash oh, because ooh. you gave him a complete mulligan. Oh, uh, up to 57. Yeah, Headley. Wow. I basically feel like we don't know what we have in Headley, even though Headley lost. It. Man, a, what do we know about Will Luan, though? Will okay. Luan had a great uh, Michigan State Open. He beat... Uh, was it great? Well, he beat Taleb Romani. He was like a three-time national qualifier. He beat Justin Thomas, who was like a round of 16, round of 12 guy. And then he lost to Kendall Coleman, who I believe uh, is going to do really great things. No at, issues with the KC Stampede. So yeah. you had, so you have the Romani... Uh, the Romani also lost to Zach Carson... So that win doesn't look as good. Justin Thomas just lost at Clucker to to Clucker at the yeah. Collegiate Classic. So Lock that in. win doesn't look as good. Yeah, he lost to AC Headley this week, who has a loss to uh, Philip Deloach, Deloach who is the backup to Jared Jacobs. You have Jacobs down at fourteen, and Lawan still up at nine. Oh man, yeah. Is this an anti-Missouri? Are take? you a Michigan man? Oh yeah. I think Luan, again, yeah, just kind of like the Alvarez situation, and uh, there, there is, uh, you know, he's a redshirt freshman, so he doesn't have a ton of uh, experience uh, or, or track record to go on. Uh, I think AC Headley may be a thing at 157, even though he has that loss at the Loach. It was in, uh, it was on criteria. We went to second tiebreaker, and it was three writing time seconds that gave the Loach the victory. What um, else do you need to know? So, so there's there's a possibility that Headley's ceiling is much much higher than um, Jared Jacobs is uh, the, the backup to Jared Jacobs from Missouri, Man. who's a Dude, solid wrestler. This is gonna be listen. I'm just gonna tell you right now, Spay and and Nomad and anyone else who's interested in 157 rankings, we're gonna be doing this all year long. Yes. Because because from <clears throat> starting at number eight, I'll say number eight with Delavecchia on. I, I don't see. I think maybe Humphreys could be a guy that is like a stable pillar guy that can get up to eight and and hold that down but uh, all these guys are just going to do this to each other all year long all mm-hmm. year long including tier one eric barone that yeah that, i mean tier one eric barone i did drop him nothing up against 
Mr. Barone, and uh, sorry I could not keep you in the top tier, uh, but Luke oh, David Weiland. Carr, David Carr's a little help on the way here. Yeah. So Do, another one you're, who you don't have in here is, what's his name? Jacob Wright of Fresno State. I was going to say Greg Wright for some reason. Jacob Wright of Fresno State who beat Weiland. Yes, who beat Barone. Who beat Barone. And he hmm. beat Carpenter up at 157. You don't have – Right George in Carpenter here at all. 133. I got right and Wyland, like literally right on the bubble. But look how many other solid guys. Zach Hartman, who NCAA qualifier for Bucknell. Uh, just he, lost this weekend. He lost, so he's on the bubble. Jared Franick just beat Carson Brolsma. Brolsma was ranked from Minnesota. Franick, ND State guy. He's on the bubble, too. We have Wyatt Sheets, Zach Carson, Hunter Ladner qualified a couple years ago. There's a ton of dudes that are on the top we expanded. We went from 20 to 25, and there's still not enough spots for all these guys that yes. I think are going to qualify and do really well this early in the season. And there, I'm sure there's some people that haven't even made their name for themselves yet. Um, it's going to go all over the place. Josh Humphreys is totally up and down. Um, BC yeah. LePray, Jerry You just Jacobs. took out Teamer. You said enough. Well, of dude, well, he's 0-1. I mean, he's got he's got one match on the year, and it's a loss to unranked Justin McCoy. Who's and his best it's wins like... last year were at 149. Yes. And now he's at 157. So I felt... I gave Teamer a big benefit of the doubt going into the beginning of the year, but that like he was on thin ice. But, but 0-1? But, dude, it wouldn't be surprising to see te- what, I, One Teamer, match? I wouldn't be surprising to see him go from unranked to, like, back in the top ten, you yeah, know, given the right uh, tournament. Then like, if he beats someone that decent, if he beats uh, Justin Thomas, just total made-up name, then what? Is <laughs> Total made up name. It's a real name. Guy who's not there. Total made up. Not total made up name. Total made up match. Make up a random name like. Make up a name like BC Lepray. Holy fake person. (laughs) You beat a BC Lepray and then what? He's going from 11th to out of the rankings to 12. We're gonna have some yo-yo action in this weight class. Uh, It's a swirling cauldron of chaos. Wow. I don't. I can't. I can't say with any certainty that these guys are gonna. A swirling cauldron of chaos. How does that compare to a ranker's delight? You got. You got a swirling cauldron of chaos and a ranker's delight. What's the sort of difference between the two scenarios? Ranker's delight is ironically saying, "I can't believe these guys did this. Why can't one just like beat everybody and make my life easy?" You know, rock the rhythm that'll make your body rock. He beat Sasso Lee. Beat the aforementioned Justin McCoy. Um, beat Christian yeah. Olivas. And McCoy at 25 in the, the, the last win. So he goes, he's 26. Then Jacob Wright. Then no. Come on. That's not how you do it. He has deeper roots than you're giving him credit for. Team, wow, the roots, roots at 49. I like, I need more roots at 57. Who cares about the weight class? That does, I care a little bit about the weight class. Listen. It'd be one thing if he did if it was like this for a while, sure. But that's just, that's just total reaction. Guys go move up and do well all the time. There's more evidence that guys move up and do well than than not. So if anything, that should be. I'm not dinging him because he moved up. I'm he, dinging him because he, he had up. like two tournaments and it was mostly at 49. And at 57, he loses to Justin McCoy. Justin McCoy's 25. I don't know that team teamer's going to beat all these guys going forward. Well, you don't have to know. You don't have to know anything. That's All you have to know, you have to you know what he's done, right? And what he's done is be really, really good against really good guys. And who cares about the weight? But there's there's look so like a guy like Logan Parks at 22 has a win over Larry Early. Larry Early is number three. How come he can't go or number four? Does, has Logan Parks beaten a, a Sammy Sasso, Brayton Lee, uh, Christian Olivas level of guys? Absolutely not. That Sasso and Lee are also freshmen. That's, that's my thing. The two best wins are were also freshmen, true freshmen, at a tournament at a weight class he's not in. I like all three of those guys, but right now I can't give him enough credit. So 
He, he's Parks. got plenty of potential. I'm not going to not rank Teamer, but right now I need to see more than two true freshman wins at 49. You Love. did not rank Teamer. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm not gonna read my whole thing because it's, I did my own top long. twenty. I did it's my own top twenty-five. Though. But I agree with Spay. I took Jacory out. I also <laughs> went with. I also went with this year's results Holy over reaction. last year's results and put went the Monday Humphreys Lapray JQs Headley Luan. I went in that order. So I disagree with you giving Luan a mulligan. I agree with you giving uh, taking out Jacory all the way out. Wow. Yanking him. Listen, that means it's a bad ranking if you had him up that high and then one that loss means to a guy that is ranked. He didn't won. have uh, matches this year. Luan has matches this year. Teamer is 0-1. If he, if Teamer had done an MSU oh, yeah, Open. Some teams haven't even wrestled yet. That, yes, but if you're, there's chaos in the beginning. They go There's yo-yos up and down. At the end of the season, it's going to be a lot more stable. This is early. What is the difference between Luan, what Luan's done, and what... I just said, he went to MSU Open, and he beat Romani, and he beat Thomas. So, that was just based on who they've scheduled at this point. Yes. That, well, that's because, that's mean, why there's volatility early in the season. It's November. Well, you can't say that, like, of course. Like, you wrestle who you wrestle. So, yes, he has to base it on who they've wrestled. So, that's a little disingenuous to say. No, I don't think... So. I think... I think... It'd be one thing if he'd been gone and missing all this stuff, and then he comes back, and then he wrestles, and he loses to Justin McCoy, and he's done. But I don't think that's what happened here. He's wrestled his schedule. He got hurt. He lost a match. And then we didn't see him again because he got hurt. Wait, who are you talking about now? I'm talking about Ja'Cory. I'm talking about Ja'Cory. Yeah. So Midlands, all the damage was done, or the, the, the big wins were against other true freshmen at Midlands down at 149. Then he wrestles the National Collegiate Open, and all he does is beat McCoy 7-5. So he's at McCoy's level, and he loses to McCoy. He goes below McCoy. McCoy's 25. He gets yanked down early because he's only had one match this year. Man. Sorry I'm harsh on Ja'Cory. I love watching Ja'Cory. No, he's a lot of fun. You he's got a cool like style. Man. But it is week two, You're and weird things happen. I also think— You're from New Jersey. There's some rivalry. Is it true Long that closes his eyes when Ja'Cory team wrestles? He hates watching him so much. He bad. literally does this— <laughs> And he sticks his fingers in and says, I just slammed the laptop shut. Which watching. makes it interesting when he's I, calling the match. Yeah. I think you're a shade too high on Barone and Clucker. I'm probably a shade too high on McCoy. I put him 20th to close out rankings talk. You underranked Andrew Morgan last week, but he corrected it this week with his big winner for Nino Bonacorsi. He's now up to number 10. Good That's job right. there. And good job ranking Matt Waddell. You also should have ranked Matt Waddell last week, but he is now ranked 17. And that's ranking stock with Yeah, Wisman and Bronigal were Waddell's wins. Also, Louis Dupre, all the way up to number two. Darmstead Man. now, the watch on Darmstead. He's an All-American. There's not a ton at 184. Um, Just wait. But we, I got. he's got to maintain that three position with some wins soon. Don't worry about that. <laughs> all will be handled. Eric Barone, classic three and four, or four and three. Losses to Luke Weiland. He, he stays... He's got, he's got a win over Caleb Young. Yeah, he's got wins from last year. Okay. We got we got <laughs> zip through Q's from F's. All right. We got a hard stop time today. We got a hard stop nine thirty. Um, okay. Pick good ones. I'll pick good ones. I promise you, I will. Um, is the domination criteria way too heavily in Hodge voting? Spencer Lee and Yanni could be four timers and never win the Hodge due to style and strength of weight class. No, it's not way too heavily. And listen, Spencer Lee hasn't been undefeated yet. Correct. So you, being undefeated is like kind of criteria one in a way, for the most part, right? Because 
Typically, you're being compared to under other undefeated people. I hate this question. I explained it the other day when we did our hot rankings. Number one, you should have to be undefeated, or if there is a small enough group, maybe someone with one loss can be considered. Number two, domination should be weighted the heaviest, yes. and past accomplishments are weighted too heavily. Yes. Past accomplishments are a good tiebreaker, I believe, if the stat, if the domination stats are similar. Also heart and citizenship. Throw those out. Everyone ties in my book in those. Well, I don't – I Unless you like Wait, punch someone in the head, citizenship gotta, is one and heart a, is one. We got a citizenship question. That's on the, one of the seven. Yeah. Yeah, they combined to form Captain Planet. We all know that. So, <laughs> it should be it should be the best wrestler that year with a potential tiebreaker of of credentials. Well, here's what I love: quality of competition. Yes, I, was I gonna, love that yeah. criteria. Yeah, put 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 that in too. If you have you know uh, 15 bonus point wins versus 12 bonus point wins, but Eight of your twelve are against, you know, all Americans. Right, round of twelve guys are better, and only three of your fifteen are against. Or or I also guys like, are better. I like quality of competition for to mitigate some dominance stats. It's yes. like, well, I beat an NCAA champ in the final, sure, finals or semis or something like that. I like that. Um, I really like the Hodge criteria. I think it's perfect. I think it rewards the right thing, and I think it's great that it's not great that Jason Nolf never won the Hodge, but it's great that. Guys of that caliber don't always win. Ed Ruth never won the Hodge either. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's there's been some greats that didn't win the Hodge because it's so hard. It's a really, really hard thing to do because it rewards the things that are so tough to do. With quality of competition, I don't know how CP does it, but like when I do my rankings, so first I just put in the numbers, right? This is this is their overall dominance. Then I go, okay, these are this is how it looks against D1 guys. Then at the end of the year, it's okay. This this is how it looks against qualifiers, and then you get into like you know round of twelve All American. So there's like tiers to the quality competition. Yeah, I, I do sort of similarly. Um, okay, so we like the criteria, and if Spencer Lee and Yanni both win four, I first of all I think they'll probably both get a Hodge at some point, but y- Yanni might not. You know, Spencer might not. Spencer wouldn't get it because he, he just he could drop a match, right? Yanni could not because he's not a, he's not necessarily a pinner mm-hmm. yet. But these guys were both true freshmen and true sophomores. They could reach whole new levels. For Spencer, um, you know, him being – he's going to be favored in every match he ever wrestles, as will Yanni. And Spencer is the most dominant. I would be more, most surprised if Spencer never won Yeah, Hodge. and Spencer has, like, a, a Dake-like trajectory where it's, okay, maybe you drop a couple during the regular season your first two years and then go and feed your last two because Dake picked up his – now, Spencer came in, scored a lot of bonus, but Dake picked up his bonus over the last two years of his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which high school senior or redshirt freshman are you most excited to see next year? I'm going to say Keegan O'Toole. Big Ooh. shout to Keegan. That's a good one. I really like him. I, I think he's going to have a really fun style. Um, I think he's going to have a really good career. So that's that's mine. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, just thinking to Pat Kennedy and how he did against Facundo at yeah. um, who's number one. Mm-hmm. Got me really fired up for him. So I'll say Pat Ken- Patrick Kennedy. Young mm-hmm. Bray. Um, I mean, high school senior or redshirt freshman. Right. So I, I'd like to see Aaron Brooks. I'm ready for. Oh, I'm ready for Aaron Brooks. That's yeah, a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. That's a really good that's one. That's probably the right answer. Yeah, there's no wrong answers, but that could be the. That, right that one. could be the most correct answer. Yeah. Um, I love this one. Rye asks FRL if Sasso wins 149 this year and Yanni comes back at 149 next year, who you got? Yanni. Yep. Yeah, it's Yanni because, and also not just because Yanni. It's like just probably better overall, but when you think about the matchup, it's like Sasso's gonna win with scrambles. So 
But that's Yanni's thing. And Yanni's right now is better at that than than Sammy is. I can't remember. I was once talking to Bob Sasso, Sammy's father, and I can't remember if it was this Yanni match I just pulled up or Vito, but he's like, that is the worst whooping that Sammy has ever taken. Now, that was in high school, and that yeah, was a long Vito time ago. Vito did beat him pretty bad. So I think, yeah, so I think it was Vito. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, Vito and Yanni are basically the same person. So for this, we're going to assume it's <laughs> actually Yanni. No. Uh, yeah, it's 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 Yanni, man. What I could, think Sasso is incredible, and I think he's going to win the title this year. But What could Sasso do between now and this time next year that would, that would like, change the answer, or that would make it a little, a little closer? Like, if he just dominates his if way he, through the field this year. If he wins, year, if he's undefeated, if he's undefeated – NCAA champion this year, I think it's a real. I think it's a real conversation. I mean, you yeah. think Yanni had close folk style matches. Mm-hmm. He had a close one with with Jaden Ironman, who we all we all think is super, and he is. But I, I don't know. Um, I think if we see something like that, it's it'll be it'll be a topic. It'll be a thing. Are we? Gonna, we're not going to see Sasso like make a make an Olympic run at all we're not gonna see him get in, in, in any of these tournaments right i think he's too big for for 65 yeah. and definitely yeah. too small for 74 yeah. and i could see him doing the zane thing also just number one giving the time he's going to be in college and when his career's yep. going to end and maybe taking that year off to shrink down to to 65 or maybe get huge yeah he is in the ohio state room they lift a lot yes they do um another thing with sammy um you know, if he wins NCAs, maybe he's just like, I'll try to, you know, sure. throw my hat in the ring at Olympic Like we said with Mark last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see if I can get small. I-, I feel like if he, like, notches a win over a guy, like, at, at, like say the Olympic trials, over, like, even just one win over a guy like Molinero or Jordan Oliver or somebody like that, then all of a sudden, like, I, this, this question will become a little more interesting. But mm-hmm. I don't think he's there yet. This is a, a good spay question because he, he keeps track of this kind of thing. Who is a senior who has never AA'd before that you'll be rooting for the most come NCAAs? I remember Abinator was like that for a lot of people because he was so close so many times. Oh, yeah. George Decam oh. is the king of that. R12 three times Mine, in the finals. I think is definitely Brock Zacherl. Brock Zacherl. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been That's injured. You know, he's a, I, I always respected that he went to, went to Clarion. Um because I'm sure he had a lot of lot of opportunities. I like a guy that stays closer to home and what he's meant to that program. I hope it's him. Yeah, I I, uh, I do try to uh, keep track of that and like list everybody that does right before NCA starts, so that people have like an underdog rooting list. Or sometimes <laughs> they're not underdogs to AA. But uh, my guy is definitely Taylor Luan this year. Oh, I like yeah. guys that are I like guys that make R12 that make the blood round and don't punch through. And I like them from schools that aren't. Uh, well, you and I is kind of making themselves a power now. Yeah, they are. Um, but smaller schools. UNI is definitely a smaller school than Iowa, Iowa State. Uh, so I want to see Taylor finally get on that. Yeah. Point. Wow. Now, now it's kind of a tie. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a tie. They're in different weights, so they won't hit in the round of twelve. Yeah. Right. They won't. They won't uh, cancel each other out. By definition. Good question, though. Yeah. Good question. Um, so those are the guys, and by all accounts, good dudes for sure. Um, for those, this is an interesting question. For those attending the Feral, can you guys possibly shed some light on the dress code? Is that the NYAC? No, you know, it's kind of fancy, but I think for this it may be a little different. Yeah, I would I would wear, you know, maybe a really nice pair of jeans or really or slacks. And maybe They're going to assess some, your jeans? She's like, uh, yeah, anyway, maybe slacks and bring uh, maybe a sport coat uh, or a lady's 
dress dress up a little. If you're dressed and neatly, they're not going to stop you. At yes, them, at neatly. The there you go. That's that's you, the word. Neatly. Like I was in a sweat 2015. Nomad, you and I famously met there before either of us worked famously. here. Famously, everyone talks about it. Uh, I had like a sweatshirt with a collar <laughs> and like jeans, and that was fine. Most people got yes. in through the front door that way. But if you're wearing like shorts or like a ratty something, whatever, like just you got to use the service entrance. They will give you a hard time. Oh, but you can still go get in. Yeah, for sure. There's just another entrance that's not in the front. Because oh, they have people literally, whatever it was, the afternoon, Friday afternoon, walking in with tuxes and stuff. Like, there's yeah. always some fancy event going on in that building, like, at all times. So, yes. wait, you, you file in with the servants? What They have servants? The yeah. service. Ser- service. Service entrance. entrance. People that work in the, the service servants? industry. There's an entire industry devoted that, that is revolves around service. I can't wait to learn more about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you some literature to <laughs> review beforehand. Okay. Um, let's see some other questions here. Is Yanni registered or planning on registering for the Feral now? Nope. It's, he does have a schedule. What Do we know what it is? Well, he's he's going to be in Fort Worth for the Open. Oh, Nationals. yeah, he's not qualified. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Um, what do you think the possibility that Nolf jump levels because of his freestyle-focused training? Uh, he would probably be – yeah, he would probably next topic feral, and that would be scary. Next topic, I don't know, buddy. Jake, three eight three eight two two. Yeah, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to win it. He's not gonna next topic at this level. No. Yeah. He's he's just a topic right now. He's just one of the topics. He's among the topics. He's topical, but I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> he's entered that territory yet. Um, who was Iowa's last world champ? Who's the next Hawkeye to do it? Last world champ was Bill Zadek, I do believe. Yep. Who was also the last champ at 66 slash 65. Who's the next Hawkeye to do it? I think the obvious first choice, at least in my mind, is probably Spencer the Condenser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the tech dispenser. The tech dispenser. Yeah, I think – I mean, yeah, I do wonder, like, Hawkeye – Wrestling club, are they more likely to have uh, one of the women's oh, athletes? Oh yeah, it might be. It might than, be you know. He said Iowa's last okay. world champ. Okay, fair. Yeah, so fair. Kayla, Kayla Forrest fair. Alley, they don't, they didn't go to Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michaela um, Beck, all that. Yep. So that's those are my answers, our answers. Okay, next question. Do you think you will see more Iowa national champs than Penn State this year? Iowa has four guys in Kimmer, Lee, the Bull, and Young. They have a legit chance to win a title. I don't think that that's true. Uh, I think those guys are legit and could win titles, but I think Penn State literally has three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they champions. have three <laughs> yeah. champs. They already did it, right? Yeah. Of that list, Iowa has one. Yes. So right there, it's happened before. Um, and I would, I think Nick Lee is certainly on that list of a guy that can win a title at 141. He's our pick, and uh, at least Nomads and I. And who else could win? I mean, I don't know. If Young, if Young's a title contender, I'm curious what Bergie's gonna be at yeah. at 57, right? So I'm not ready to say Caleb uh, Brady Bergie title contender, but if he knocked off Caleb Young, I, and that wouldn't blow me away. And of course we're all picking gross, but both DeSanto and RBY yeah. could, you know, they're two and three, right? They yeah. could potentially do it. If gross is if this cut is messing with gross, you Man, know Man, I hope he gets qualified for the trial soon and is <laughs> I wanna see his cheeks not touch yeah. for yeah. a couple months and see what that would be like. Um 
And I wonder, you know, it, would he be able to – how big can he let himself get, though? Yep. Knowing that in two yeah. weeks after NCAA, I don't know if he can get much bigger. The the Theoretically, the, like, peak of gross this year might be January. Mid, mid-year, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, coming off New Year's, get to eat a little bit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but that our question is about Iowa and Penn State. and Yeah, they have four, four legit guys that could win for sure, but – Man, Kimmer overhaul is just a tough one. Yeah, and that, I mean, two of those weights it's, it's are head to head, right? Like, yeah. So, where where Penn State's yeah. done it at those weights? Yeah. So, okay. Next next question. Did you have anything else? No, I just I say we, one more and wrap it up. One more and wrap. Oh yeah, with all the uh, yeah, I'll read it. James Finley. With all the news that's been happening lately regarding transfers, uh, do you foresee this type of news cycle? Becoming the new normal in college wrestling. Would you want it to be the norm, or would you rather things be allowed to simmer a bit before the next story hits? I guess he's talking, you know, all, all these guys ended up in the portal. I don't know if it's the new normal. I mean, maybe so. Maybe it's just guys in and out. I mean, to see, I mean, when have we seen the number one overall recruit go to a school and by October be like, I'm out? Yeah. yeah. I like never, I can't think of that ever happening. To yeah. like not even not that soon. To not even do a year? Like how do you know how do you know it's not the right place for you in months, right? You don't even have to hit a semester, right? So I don't to me, that is, I think is gonna be a rarity. But you know, I don't know. I and what I want it to be, I I think in a perfect world guys go where they say they're gonna say they're gonna go and they wrestle for those teams. But I also don't blame uh a callback. I don't blame Peter Lapari right now for being like, I'm not gonna start. It's my senior year. Yeah. I want to wrestle in NCAAs. I I appreciate a guy pursuing that goal mm-hmm. of wanting to you know do something. He's trained his whole life, and this is probably it for for a Lapari and many other guys. Why wouldn't you transfer? I don't think there's any. I don't. That doesn't really bother me. It will be the new normal because the NCAA as a whole is starting to shift towards more rights whatever with student athletes student athletes have more power now than they ever did before mm-hmm. you see with the image and likeness stuff you see with the transfer portal stuff and it's just a shifting thing now will it shift back i guess that kind of depends on i guess that right i guess that kind of depends on how the transfer portal stuff plays out it's gonna, it's gonna need to take a few years and then it's got to go through legislation and committees and all that stuff and seeing how the image and likeness stuff turns out so yes i believe it will be the new normal is it good or would i rather it be that way I want as many guys wrestling as possible that are trying to accomplish their dreams. So, yeah, I guess I'm fine with it. Yeah. All right, so we're all in on that. Uh, and with that, we're good to go. I want you guys to know that Mark Bader is working on, has worked on, uh, putting together a nice little block party for you guys. It's starting right now uh, on flowwrestling.org. Check it out. It's last week live. You're going to have Penn State, Navy, Ohio State, Stanford, all in one Mega block and run it back a couple times, so that's going to be up. Go ahead and check that out. We're we will I will be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do without you guys. We'll figure Spain. it out. We got we got Drew Spay in the mix, Andrew Spencer. So we'll figure something out. We'll have a show for you tomorrow. Getting in more into the D1 topics of of this weekend. A lot of you know we got the Iowa debut, Oklahoma State's got a weekend going to Drexel and Lehigh. I want to talk about that. We can see. You know, we're going to see Joe Smith, Cutler. A lot of things to be excited about. Um, Thank you 
for listening to 427 episodes of FRL. Check the Signing Day Hub. I'm going to be updating it all day. Oh, yeah. Signing Day Hub. We will. What's, can we get our last Etchamindia refresh? Just, Just refreshed a second ago. No news. Uh, hey, look at his likes. What's the last thing he liked? Sometimes that ooh, can be. Scroll ooh, up. Ooh, 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 okay, let's look at his likes. Hmm. Um. Well, Ooh. he likes a guy. Uh, Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He likes John Ice's tweet where it was an, a guy doing an OH. Okay, let's yep. see. Is there anything else? Uh, Ohio State. He's liked another. He liked another one that says Ohio, Ohio State, State will set you for life. All right, we got to find something where he said something about another team. Hmm. Reading the tea leaves of likes. He's got a like on We got going, a, uh, a Hawkeye thing Schreiber. here. Um, oh, yeah, it could be a bird. Okay, the birds the, are back the in bird it. bird could be a high, He's got... Well, okay. He likes the ladies. He's got some. All right. We're going to stop looking at the likes. Oh, boy. It seems like Ohio State leaning based on the likes, but who knows what else. That's all I got. Uh, Stay tuned, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, guys.